welcome to church and other drugs <laughs> my what name's jed i'm jay how's it going it's going dude i see nothing but forehead i know you like that i do does it look like a five head Wow. Middle schoolers are so clever, aren't they? they I was are. thinking back about like all the shit, like the shit that we used to talk, and it just was not that funny. No, yeah, I mean, there's a few people that were way ahead of their time with, that's true. with the bullying and the and the shit talking. I, I, that's I remember when I first saw Half Baked. That was the only rated R movie I'd ever seen. So. <laughs> like so that was exclusively where like my curse word references were coming from and like i would make all the jokes from that movie all the that's time that's awesome no no, no this, so is, this is even better and and my sister one day was like we get it jed you've seen a rated r movie and i was like oh <laughs> dude my sister like nobody could just bring me down to size like my sister oh for sure it for was sure. it was great that's awesome. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, a time when a friend of ours used to just pass off uh, scenes from a movie as camp stories. Yeah, dude. That was, I cannot believe that happened. <laughs> so, so before we had all seen Wet Hot American Summer, which I guess if y'all haven't seen Wet Hot American Summer, it's this movie and now a TV show on Netflix. About, it's like a cult classic. Yeah. And was it, was it independent? I don't even know. No, I don't no, know no, if no. it's independent. But. It wasn't independent, but. But it wasn't a big film. No, not when it came out. And so our friend saw it before any of us did. And it's about a summer camp. And and he started like coming up to us and be like, hey, this this crazy thing happened at summer camp. And it turned <laughs> he just it turned out he just like pre- pretended his life was this fucking movie. But the we all fell movie. for it. And then I remember oh, yeah. when we watched it, and we we're like. What the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> none of that happened, dude. It was just a movie. Uh, so good. It's like on It's Always Sunny when Frank always like recites lines from Rambo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing? What's that there? You're doing Rambo again. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both... Oh, so I, I did another podcast interview today, and... Uh, mm-hmm. So I was getting ready for it. It's storming really bad here. And I hear this like super loud something fell on our roof. And I was like, holy shit. It wasn't um, upstairs neighbors dropping couches on your. No, uh, it sounded like something like crashed through their house or something. Like it was really loud. Holy shit. And I walked outside and it was a a tree had fallen over. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. So I turned around to to go back inside and I'd fucking (laughs) locked myself out. And Candy Uh... was at work. And I was like, oh. Well, shit. <laughs> and uh, luckily, I found a, a someone. It was like a paint scraper on the ground, and I broke back in. So those felon skills come in handy sometimes. They really do. They I'm really saying. Do. I'm saying. So congregation. I've broken into my own cars and my own houses. I think maybe now more times in sobriety than I broke into others people's shit. I found out the trick with a car is you, you, well, it doesn't work for like newer cars, but Mm -hmm. uh, you use the antenna, like you unscrew the antenna. Ooh, that's smart. Yeah, it's it's really good. You gotta put a little bend on it though. You do. So that you can get the curve, so you can get the curvature. Like we have a work truck and the antenna is permanently bent because like the door is broken, so we get locked out of it like very constantly. 
and so <laughs> the antenna is just permanently bent and that's like yeah, that's I like think the key at, at what point does it make sense to fix the door because you've lost so much money and time breaking into the truck oh dude we fixed it like two times and it keeps re-breaking it'd be like a, a door replacement so you know like hundreds yeah, and saying. hundreds of dollars i don't know maybe in like two months it'll be worth it <laughs> yeah what's the break even there yeah exactly what's the what's your overhead what's it looking like what's the roi on that door breakage so the newest stats are out my friend it is now oh, yeah? one. Are you talking in... about fantasy football? Did you know that they do a fantasy bachelorette? What? Nah. I, I, it's on ESPN, the app. Shut up. You can, I guess you can bet on who you think, or not bet, well, yeah, it's kind of betting, but you can play along with who's going to win the the fucking bachelorette. That's kind of fucking genius. It is genius, dude. They should do that Kudos for everything. Kudos to ESPN. I know. They I was just thinking that. They should do fantasy Game of Thrones. Could you imagine, like, who's going to get killed off and shit? That's a really good idea. But you'd have to uh, think of other things besides death, like... There'd be points. Like who's going to hook it up. It would be points. Yeah. It would be yeah. points. It would be a point system, just like fantasy football. That's a good Fuck. idea. Why did we figure... Why did we think of that the last season? I don't know. You, you, I'm so disappointed you now. definitely do an elaborate system. They do it. They have uh, fantasy UFC. I'm not quite sure how that works out. I guess it's all just points, like body shots and... Yeah, my uh, my buddy and, and uh, developer plays fantasy baseball, and it's like, good lord, could you imagine keeping up with all those games and players? And oh, that's a lot. Ugh, that's way too yeah. much. Yeah, no, he played baseball in college, so that's like his shtick or whatever. Yeah, but um, good lord. Uh, no, but one in eight people are now alcoholics. What? One in eight used to be one in ten. That's what I was going to say. When I was first getting sober, people would say one in ten, which was still, still I Still a lot. That's a tenth. Well, yeah, tenth. Yeah, now it's an eighth. We're good at fractions here on Church and Other Drugs, if you guys haven't caught on to that. Yeah, dude. One out of eight is an eighth. That's crazy. What is one out of four? What, really? I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> that is crazy, though. So, congregation, go find seven of your friends. One of you is an alcoholic. That's not exactly how that works, but yeah, it is. Um, is it not? It's not. It's it's out of it's out of however however many people got surveyed. That is how it works. Yeah, but you can't just like it's a, out of a huge population. So just because you grab seven people doesn't mean that or eight people doesn't mean one of them's an alcoholic. I thought that is what it means, though. Uh, it means Cause it, it, aren't they taking into account like okay. the U.S. population? So let's say you grab a hundred thousand people, okay, right, and and that's what they who they surveyed. Oh, okay, right? so, okay, so, so an eighth of them are alcoholics, but just because you go grab seven random people doesn't mean one of them's an alcoholic. Oh well, congregation, one of your friends is still an alcoholic. I'm sure of it. It might be you. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy should come out with a new special called "You Might Be an Alcoholic." I know. If you're in a meeting on a Friday night, you might be an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get to this interview, man. It's a good one with old. Listen to the Omar. Chad Johnson from 
formerly Tooth and Nail Records. Now he does the Provoke and Inspire podcast. He's awesome never dude. heard he's never heard any Ocho Cinco jokes ever. Ever. So. That's it's so I was the we're going to hit him with a with a good one. <laughs> one that hasn't dealt with addiction on that front porn's been the struggle that i've dealt with and still deal with more yeah. than anything else but um um uh, still very much addiction but not quite the same like oh you know i've i've uh i've been in you know shady street corners or i've been like when you guys were <laughs> describing the i can't remember what it was it was like robitussin or something yeah yeah, yeah that was, was yeah. like man i don't i was like toby i was like i don't even know what they're talking about right now like, this, <laughs> so, well i, well, I so, did want to uh, ask you i did i am interested um if you could like delve a little bit into your past and sure. like, kind of kind of so, tell your story yeah, of course. Are, are we recording, by the way? I just started. Okay, I nice. Figured, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we've That's... been experimenting with that because, like, all, it sounds so weird to be like, okay, and I'm here with Chad Johnson. Right, Hello, right. Chad. How are you? So we're trying to no, do the, you're right. Um, That's you know. good. I like that, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my story was um, back back before I found myself in the Christian music industry and, and any of that kind of stuff. I grew up as a missionary kid, so I was really? um, living, yeah, I lived overseas. I lived in the Caribbean for about nine years. I lived in South America, which is where I discovered drugs. And, um, like and just PK times 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. What well, is, you know, <laughs> typically a PK is still in America, but when you're an MK, then, you know, generally speaking, you are in some other culture. Um, right. so yeah, it was, but it was, it was crazy. I, um, where were you in South America? My, my friend was a missionary kid in, in Peru. And oh, so, nice. And so I was, I was just above your friend. I was in Quito, Ecuador. So, yeah, which is the country he was close to, above. he was, yeah. he was saying he had to go to school with like the, the, it was some private school where like the rich kid, like the, like foreign investors that would come or like oil people or timber or whatever the industry is there, they would send their rich kids to the school and they were all like from out of the country and they'd have bodyguards and stuff. And wait, this is, so he went to, so he went to school in Ecuador in Quito. Oh yeah. Like he, yeah. High school. What's your friend's name? Uh, Derek, Derek Brown. Yeah. I don't think I know him, but it's probably, it it probably is the same school. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine there's, yeah, there's not many. many. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. but, it, but we basically had a we 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 had like the whole school at one point, uh, not the whole school, but we essentially had about fifty kids out of like two hundred and fifty that were all either dealing or purchasing drugs from from me and this little gang of uh, of hooligans. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember there was this, like, they would do these weeks to start the year called spiritual emphasis weeks. And obviously they are, you know, what, what it sounds like where they'd bring in this guest speaker and this guy comes in and like army fatigues and, and is just like, you know, like on stage, like, rah, like Jesus, this, and all, all this like really heavy handed gospel kind of stuff. And at that point, I had written everything Jesus off. I could care mm. less. How I thought the whole thing, I was like maybe 17 at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So I just didn't. I'm 43 now. So yeah, this was a long time ago. But uh, I'm, I'm even older than Toby. So <laughs> it's like old guys podcast. <laughs> but um, no, it was um, it was crazy because they brought this guy in, and, and I was the guy that during his prayer times would would be like cursing loud enough for everybody to hear, you know, cause uh, you know, wow. everyone, you know, close your eyes, bow your heads. And so no one's going to know who in the crowd is cursing and um, ambush but, um, cursing. Yeah. Yeah. Ambush. ambush um, yeah. So the, the funny thing was this guy actually was really tuned into the Holy spirit and he by revelation from the Holy spirit came to our like principal and like the the people that you knocked out with your car, you know those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The worst thing I did was wear a Led Zeppelin shirt to to school, you know. And, oh, and it, was, like, it was a Christian yeah. school, I take it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you couldn't wear Metallica or Led Zeppelin shirts; those didn't fly uh, well. But uh, <laughs> I mean, where but, do you, where do you think they got the talent to shred? I mean, let's be real here; I, they're oh, they're right. blessed. Well, that's what I, that's the point I was trying to make, you know, <laughs> that, and that, that Jesus, you know, must have authored marijuana along with er, all of, you know, the uh, remaining creation that existed. So it comes from so, the earth. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's so the open uh, and shut case. Yeah. Yeah. Done. But, uh, but so yeah, anyway, the, this guy comes to all the leaders at the school and says, Hey, the Holy spirit spoke to me and there's like a drug cartel basically in no your school. Way the school and you need to you need to you need to like nip this thing in the in the bud haha and, and just take them out you know? <laughs> and, uh, so that's what they did it was crazy like literally on a on a sunday evening at about this time of night i just started getting calls from there's no text messaging back then so i got actual phone calls <laughs> from my friends and they're like dude we're gone tomorrow morning first flight out we're heading off to to the states or or different countries where they were oh. from and myself and my friend, my best friend, were like number seven and number eight in line of this little like drug ring. Um, and so I was I was given a an opportunity to go through a rehabilitation program where I had to visit different local prisons. And uh, and essentially, I, I in, Jesus in South America. Yeah, in South America. So Whoa. I can they were sketchy, dude. After dude, after getting into the South, I mean, I. I know I've been in enough prisons on a, on like a ministry level in America to know that no prison is like, Ooh, this is great. And, but right. man, comparison, it was just, everything about it was so scary. And, and as a 17 year old walking into a prison at one point, this guy reaches out his hand from behind, like every cell is loaded with people. So it's not like two guys to a cell, just jam full and some random inmate grabs my ankle and shrieks like a girl like as loud as he can Whoa. and of course you know that that doesn't instill the fear of god into you i don't, oh, I don't know man. but uh but that still didn't you know that didn't stop me from from still doing all kinds of stuff i shouldn't have done but uh but yeah man i i can recall being um accosted by on one one day we would so typically we would we our routine was drugs in the morning, drugs for lunch, drugs before dinner, and then drugs after. You know, so mm -hmm. dur during lunch we all walked up to this park, and um, on the way up to this park, these these um, Ecuadorian guys stop 
this girl that was from our school that was walking up the hill and they start harassing her and like, yo, get in the car. We'll show you a good time, blah, blah, blah. And right. so we just thought, well, man, what, what is, you know, any reputable 17 year old kid do you pick up rocks and start throwing them at the car. Hey, so right. yeah. so, <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we did that. And then of course, all of the neighbors and, and little store owners watch this happen. The car speeds off. We go into this, this uh, perfect drug experiencing park where you there's only one way in and one way out. So, you know, like only only um, former or current drug addicts are thinking that's a good spot to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah. we go in, we we um, we en- we enjoy our drugs and uh, and we put everything away. And right as we put everything away, three military police come walking in with M16s and ask us for our papers and to show us, um, show them all of all of the uh, you know proper information. And they they finally somehow give everybody the information for me. Oh, I know like if I don't have my my paperwork proving that I'm allowed to be in this country, that's going to be huge. Like my, it's going to, you know, my parents are going to be so angry. It's going to mess everything oh, yeah. up. So I, just, I've, I've seen locked up abroad. That's what, that's what keeps coming up. Dude. That's yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm so, if anything I'm scared of, it's doing, it was, it was doing drugs in a foreign country. Like I just knew if I ever did that, mm-hmm. like my, um, my friend's a missionary in Mexico. And I remember like one of my plans to get sober was just, I was like, mom, I'm just going to go with him to Mexico. And my mom was like, you are never going to Mexico. (laughs) What a great mom. So so much wisdom right there. So much. Yeah. There were the, the way it worked down there was it was 10 years, no questions asked. So (sighs) if you were a foreigner, just because they could make a point, you know? Uh, And so I, I, when I first came to Jesus through all that, I basically felt like God had spared me 10 years of South American jail time. And so that was my, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. revelation or my realization of coming to God was, was God just got me out of 10 years of jail because, um, was it all, that, it was that moment yeah. or like what, what, what brought you back? Like, did it, did like stuff get bad enough or like, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, yeah, it was the local authorities were following us all around to the point where we made a game out of it, where we were just watching them like we would duck into a little corner store and we'd peek down the street and we could see the the undercover cop car come up the hill <laughs> a little further and like hide out closer. And all they were looking for come to find out through the U.S. Embassy was a was a photograph of either us consuming or us uh, trafficking. And I was a, a photo, like you talked about um, uh, the, uh, the, the black room, like the high school, the dark room and the black room. <laughs> that's where Metallica hangs out. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> that's where cannibal corpse lives. Yeah. But I, I was a photo major and I, I already had taken all kinds of photos of us at least consuming. And so, yeah. uh, but it, it just got, it not only was it, I had begun exploring with shrooms and so collecting mm-hmm. them on, on our own and, and just like the, um, between a couple of really crazy, really, uh, schizophrenic, scary high moments. Oh. Um, and just this like nagging ongoing, depravity of of man kind of feeling like dude i i'm miserable you know i'm high all the time and 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 i've got all these high friends and yet i'm miserable so um there were just it was kind of a perfect storm that that ultimately my best friend who's now my wife of 21 years um sat me down and i just said hey 
you're a great listener. Like, what should I do? My life screwed. Everything's crazy. And uh, she said, well, you just need Jesus. And wow. I was like, okay, can, great. Can, like, <laughs> that's okay. that's yeah. what I need. Yeah. Like, so yeah. the best can, you have to offer me is Jesus. <laughs> can, can I ask a quick, uh, a quick dovetail question about, yeah, of course. You, I'm a big like spiritual warfare guy and like, especially yeah. with hallucinogens and stuff. So I'm curious, like, is there, did you notice any kind of like specific odd spiritual goings on, like doing mushrooms in South America? Cause I know there's that like whole history with like, you know, Montezuma and like, there's just like, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of people say that like in South America, there's just a whole different like spiritual game going on. Mm. Is that, is there any yeah, base that know. you experience or? Well, I was so, um, I was so far removed from any idea of God at that point that I'm not sure that I even would have recognized mm-hmm. anything demonic. I, I've I've had all kinds of crazy um, demonic encounters now, years later, in in seeing people set free from demonic stuff. But um, and and those are always crazy. But in in my own situation, I mean the the I I can remember at one point just um, on shrooms on alcohol on marijuana, and a friend of mine coming up behind me and thinking it was funny to try to strangle me like locked <laughs> you know literally locked his arm around my neck and Jeez. just started pulling back, and I just remember thinking like Dude, this like this, this, is this isn't cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die because my friend thinks it's cool to choke me out you know like yep. um, so I don't but I I just remember especially with shrooms it there there was something about it that was so. Uh, where I was so out of control and out of myself and out of my body that it was like, it was, it, it was, fr- and it just, it felt like it went on forever and ever and ever. Like it may mm. have been an eight hour high, but it felt like it was days. And, yeah. um, yeah. and so I don't know. I remember coming out of those and just definitely sensing like, man, this is next level serious. And I'd hear stories of people that had picked shrooms from the same fields where we were picking them and, and, and had never would, would go into a high and would never come out of that, that mental, whatever state. And so there, there probably was some of that, like, you know, like the, the, the buzzkill stories that were like, Oh no. Yeah. The (laughs) ones you don't want to hear. Like, don't tell me that one. Just Just talk about how great life. So, but Hey, tell me, tell me a little more about you guys. So how, how did, um, how did you guys come to Jesus? Because you both have crazy stories that I picked up little bits and pieces of in a, in the Toby conversation. But yeah, but I was yeah. Jay, you go first. Yeah. So, um, well, I always say when I'm asked to tell my story, I, I talk about uh, Jed and I kind of started doing dope around the same time. And we were always I mean, we grew up in uh, evangelical, not non-denominational church. Right. So I would like smoke weed and drink and chase skirts like through the school year. And then I'd go on to church camp or we'd go to whatever. Young and I'd call him my I'd call him Jesus binges. Right. So I would like yeah. then not smoke weed for like three weeks or whatever. And then it would just kind of get back into the routine. So I, I think that I, and those encounters I think were really real, right? Like I, I experienced God, I experienced the presence of God and, um, turned my life over and all of that stuff. And I think that all of that stuff was completely legit. I just, for, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have a program of action, I think to really, um, 
I don't want to say clean up my life enough, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, but to do work or, or to be disciplined about my spirituality, I didn't have the desperation, I think actually. Yeah. More, yeah that's more, huge. More along the line. So that's well said when I got, um, long story short, I, I came to at 22 years old after going to jail and rehab and, um, all kinds of stuff. And I was just done. Right. You talked about, um, when you came to Jesus, just like being empty or, or, uh, yeah. I forget the word that you used, but just like, this is depraved, right? Like yeah. it just, this yeah. sucks. And so I came to that moment and, and, um, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't Jesus Christ. It was just God in general, uh, helped me to not live like this anymore. And, mm. um, after I was, eight, I got into, uh, we, I'm in AA. So I got into AA and started working the 12 steps and, and I really, um, fell back into the faith of my childhood then and, uh, like really dove in claws into evangelical Christianity. Um, I kind of fell out of love with the church for a number of years and then I've kind of come, come back full circle, um, in the last few years. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of my, my story in a nutshell. Yeah, it's cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. My, mine was, so I grew up, um, Grew up Presbyterian, kind of the same as, as Jay. And uh, so I always had like a strong faith, but I always had like a serious, for whatever reason, I, I carried the guilt complex, the punishing God. And I really understood. Yeah, yeah. I understood sin. I don't think I understood grace and all that stuff. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And so I, I really just like started doing drugs to fit in because I, I just was really awkward at first. And, you know, I just wasn't satisfied being me and drugs really just helped me fit in at first. And then it became, I had this like terminal uniqueness and I needed to be different. So all my friends were drinking beer. So I was going to like do cough medicine and do cocaine at a young age. And (laughs) wow, you know, I I really fell for the, the drunken artist. I listened to like cursive and bright eyes when I was in high school and I just really fell Mm -hmm. in. And I'm like, a creative and emotional guy. So I really fell for that lie. Mm. And I was like, that's just what I want to do is like write poetry and shoot dope in a corner. And I thought that was the coolest (laughs) thing in the world. You know, modest mouse, modest mouse was my, (laughs) right. Right. And uh, you were, you were a modest mouse. Absolutely, man. (laughs) And so, uh, and in my mind, I think what kept, what, what really hooked me was in my mind, I had this idea. I was like, I know what I'm doing is wrong. And like Jay said, I would have these moments of just intense repentance. I'd go on a missions trip or I'd go yeah. on a retreat and I'd be like, oh, I know I'm sinning. And then I would just slip back. But in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm going to quit eventually. Just, you know, this right. is only. So I think that's why, like, Jay was more conservative. I, he, You know, he was there when I overdosed. I was constantly overdosing and just going nuts because it was like I knew it was going to end. So I was trying to get it all in when I could. And then one right. day. I woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not in control of this. Like I thought I was. Um, well, mm-hmm. so that was the sobering fact. And then it was just, and by that point I got stuck in the rehab cycle cause I got sent to an out of state treatment when I was 17 yep. and then just stayed out of state and well, became like a really bad IV cocaine user for a number of years and then got back on heroin and then I finally went through my period where I was like, okay, God is not real. It, you know, why haven't you healed me of this yet? Yeah. None of this life makes sense. I, I got this weird idea that I just wanted to commit suicide to get to heaven. You know, mm. if I'm once saved, always saved, then like, let's just get the hell out of here. Like I'm done. Totally, with this. Yeah. If yeah. Yeah. Why get, not? 
Yeah, and I would be like preaching to my friends while I was completely loaded. Like, you know, I was worried about <laughs> Jay while I was high on meth because like he was kind of going Unitarian, and I was like, you yeah, watch I remember, out, I remember, man. yeah, hearing you guys say that. Yeah, that yeah. Crazy. Just had these really just I was just out there, man. I didn't know what right. was going on, and mm. really, it was just years and years and years of the grind. Of I would get sober, I would relapse, and it was. I would say a bunch of times I, my relapse happened because I would start looking at porn and I would still be sleeping around. And so I'd be compromising my morals and I had to cover up that guilt. Like I couldn't cope yeah. with the guilt and I couldn't stop sinning essentially. Right. So it was just that cycle. And I don't know, man, part of it was finally growing up and you know, you can't couch surf anymore when you're 28. Right. Like people are pretty much done with that. <laughs> like, dude, I've got a kid. Like you can't be tripping yeah. acid on a Tuesday night. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work so well anymore. Uh -uh. And then yeah. I went, you know, I went to, I had to do four months in East Baton Rouge Paris prison and I, well, had gotten involved in all sorts of just, it, my life had gotten just completely out of control. And then finally mm -hmm. this last time, um, there wasn't even anything. I, there wasn't even really anything special about it. I, I I had overdosed on my birthday again three years ago, on or the day after on August twenty sixth, and drove down. Or my friend was in Lafayette, Louisiana, in treatment. I called him and I was like, "Can I get into treatment one more time?" My family wasn't speaking to me because I'd done this so many times. Yeah. I had no belief that I was gonna get sober this time because why would I have tried so many times? And yep something just clicked um around like the three month mark my girlfriend who's now my wife broke up with wow. me while i was in treatment and i had this moment where everything had finally i realized that i you know she was my god at that point and finally everything was taken away from me right so i was mm -hmm. i had no money no nothing <laughs> dude and i'm sitting i'm stuck yeah. in treatment there's nothing i can do and i just i was like okay god and you know let's hash this out and i went in my room and hashed it out with them and like from that day it just i don't know man something something clicked and wow. i just decided to yeah that was kind of what finally happened yeah that's cool that's amazing i love stories and i love that uh stories point us um to the fact that that there's a redemptive story in each of us even though many of us don't feel very redemptive or story <laughs> depending on the day right uh, for sure. but but when we look back you know i always struggle to look ahead like man like God, I want I want to see you do so much more in my life than I've already seen you do, and and I can sometimes get myself into this this place where it's like oh, I've gotta I've gotta do more for God, and I've gotta I've yep. got to position myself, you know, and I've got to try to do all these things so that um, the favor of God increases on my life and on my ministry, and and of course Jesus always reminds me that that's a complete idiot move and it doesn't work yeah, it never <laughs> that, you know in the sweetest yeah. way ever he's like that's an idiot move it doesn't work um and in just realizing that, man as i look back god you have done so much by way of crazy ordaining time and people and space and opportunities to where i i can't deny that um that that there is not a master plan going on behind all of this, right. even if I don't feel it today. So oh, sure. if you would have asked either of us, I'm sure like of all the groups of friends me and him have had, if you would have said like, this is who you're going to wind up with at this point in your life. And you're going to have this weird bond. Like I, I would not have picked you for sure. Yeah. Or not, not that yeah. like I wouldn't have picked you, but like 
I definitely didn't think so. Like, no. The first time no, he no, called no. me when he was sober and he was trying to sober me up, I was like, "You got sober? Like, really? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're wow. a Christian now yeah. too? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah have yeah. you guys ever? Have you guys ever come across the book called Samson and the Pirate Monks? Samson no, and the Pirate Monks. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing that <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's all, it's like a former pastor who uh, was a sex addict and uh, and all had all kinds of other stuff going on in his life. Mm-hmm. And he basically talks about coming. He talks a lot about AA and the 12 step program and that being like a real oh, cool. uh, wake up call for him and having his sponsor uh, and just like the challenge to actually call his sponsor and like not wanting to call because he's like, yep. I don't really I don't really want to share from the depth of my heart. I just want to give yeah. you. The little I'm gonna write my little like, hey guys, here's the here's the good stuff happening it's, in my day to day. Thousand pound phone yeah. is what they call it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He said something about the the pink cloud. Like there's yep. a, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. I just remember thinking, dude, that sounds pretty awesome. Like yeah. I want to have yeah. cloud, but like it wasn't the, it wasn't actually a good a good thing. <laughs> well, it's like that that um that whole like Jesus binge idea, right? We have these deep, yeah. um, crazy emotional moments with God and, and that we can ride that high. And as you know, like that just doesn't last forever. That's not realistic. And so, and, but like with that pink cloud, we have to continue to take spiritual action and we're not going to have a relationship with God. So like for, for AA folks, it's like, Hey, I just got sober. My whole life is great. Look, yeah, my I'm family's e- eating together. Good, I'm healthy. And I have a job yeah. and yada, yada, yada. And then life comes and like hits you square in the face. Yeah. And and you fall from the pink cloud and it's a, yeah. it's a common thing that we see over and over again. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's kind of where the rubber meets the road. Like, am sure. I going to call my sponsor? Am I going to go to him? Am I going to help other people when I'm having a shit day? Like, yeah, yeah. You yep. know, it, it's really where the rubber meets the road. So yeah, that's huge. the, yeah, that's what I'm the, the talk I'm having with, with my sponsees right now is cause they're all in like the five to eight month range. And it, I just keep having to, to reassure them that like, it's a long game. Like a, yeah. we were so used to, I need to do absolutely everything in the world in the next 30 right. days. Like, and I'm like, yeah. no, 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 these, you know, you, you turns out now you can live your whole life. <laughs> like it's oh, like, it's this novel right. idea. But, but isn't yeah. it, isn't it amazing? Even though I'm, you know, I kind of, he talks a little bit about the funny, you know, the higher power and kind of mm-hmm. the, the AA's philosophy of, of leaving a lot of religious jargon behind in hopes to reach non-believing um, people. And, um, and so I get it and it's kind of, it is what it is. But, but one of the things I thought was really interesting is, um, is him talking about just like at like, what an opportunity to liberate others, you know, like once, mm-hmm. once a sponsor helped him or several sponsors helped him, then it, eventually it's like, and, and I'm sure what you guys have seen is you are now in part of why this podcast exists is at least I, I, I believe, or I perceive is, is to help others who are still stuck somewhere in the mud of their own mess and are wondering like, is there, man, is there any chance that anything could change? And here you are two, two, uh, two guys testifying to the fact that, yeah, dude, there actually is. And, um, and here's our story and it's not, it may not be perfect, but man, it's inspiring. And, um, so I just feel, I just want to honor you guys and encourage you. I feel like you're both, uh, my heroes in the sense that you're fighting a battle that like I, like I said, as we started, porn has been my struggle. Lust has been my mm-hmm. struggle. 
and it still is a struggle. And I, and I can't say I am um, three years or eight and a half years sober, um, but I can say that 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 yesterday when I had to wipe my computer clean of every ounce of anything because it wasn't working, and there was that window of time where it's like it, there's no triple X uh, watch to save me, there's no covenant eyes to come to the rescue, yeah. there's no. Like this thing's brand new and and it's like having a, a closet full of porn movies at, at, at you know the my my um fingertips uh, you know yeah exactly my fingertips thank you yep. and um, and in that moment just realizing man if I if I go down this road then the only place it leads me is more sorrow more pain more frustration more condemnation more oh you know, for sure all that. and so yeah. I, by grace and 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 by just being being honest and thinking through it, uh, I was able to just all right. First thing I do is I install Covenant Eyes, and then I share with some friends, "Hey, dudes, this is what's happening," and mm-hmm. I am sending you this email or this text <laughs> yeah. because uh, this is a this is a, a delicate moment. And um, so anyway, I just want to honor you guys for being total champions and. And uh, thanks, man. And, yeah, and, well, thanks, dude. I, I can't, I can't say we started this podcast to be like super awesome guys. We really started it just to tell like dick and fart jokes, and, and it, it, <laughs> we, quickly, <laughs> we quickly realized like, oh, okay, well, this is something, and like that's yeah. well, and yeah. part of it was like because we know hundred. I have so many friends with stories like ours, or even. Mm-hmm. Crazier, and so we're like these yeah. people like those stories like can help some people. So we're trying to get all yeah. our these like real life stories that are just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Sure. Have you guys ever talked to a guy named Todd White? Do you know who that is? I have not. No, and I do not. He's a, he's a, he's a super radical Christian, uh, former like Coke. I, I he's just like, cra- he has one of the craziest stories I've ever heard of. Um, are especially from an, uh, I am from an addiction standpoint. You should, uh, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. He, he's just got it. Yeah, yeah, he's just got a crazy, crazy story. Um, so anyway, he, as I went, the the first time I heard you guys talking, I was like, oh man, this is like, this is like a podcast for Todd. Because um, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> well, it's just, but it's beautiful, and I, I, it's funny how how God can take even our jokes and turn them into something way, way more profound. You know, not that well, jokes aren't sometimes profound, but they are. But, yeah. uh, and we found it's it's like especially with. If someone is still out there, they're not yeah. going to be attracted to squeaky clean yet. Just not. Yep. Or the people right. that are just coming in, it kind of, you know, we try to bridge the gap a little. Yeah, there. yeah. And that's, there's a. Well, and I well, think there's, that there's some authenticity, right? Like, we're right. not, we definitely don't play up or play down or do anything besides be exactly who we are yeah. right. on here, which is, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It's exactly sure. what it is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all of us have room for growth no matter where we're at. And the second that we're like, no, no, I'm good, or or <laughs> well, I've yeah, I am perfect, but you yeah, know, yeah. Speak for yourself, yeah, that's gentlemen. Right. I'm- well, right. <laughs> Besides Jed being perfect, the rest of us <laughs> right. are still struggling along. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's cool. So how long have you guys been doing this podcast now? Like six months, not very oh, long. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, how yeah. do you know? So how do you know Jameson? We uh, from Twitter, it. actually. Yeah, it was from Twitter. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I met Jameson on Twitter. Um, I don't remember. 
remember how we I mean we just found each other on Twitter I think originally. That's cool. One yeah, one of yeah, our yeah, like, cool secret desires for a podcast guest on our podcast is Justin Bieber. And and Dude, Jay, we hired yeah we hired Jameson to help us with bringing on more uh, both with with just exposing our podcast to others and then bringing mm-hmm. others onto our podcast and he it turns out was at a beach resort where the Biebs himself Shut was staying. Up. So his no. one moment uh, like opportunity to invite him onto our podcast and and unfortunately he didn't he didn't get he to would. take it. So uh, so it's, are you gonna it's ask still, the Biebs about his like, like newfound conversion? I know that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, I mean, I, we're definitely curious. I mean, a lot of what I do with Come and Live um, and in life is equip artists and others for what I would call a life of risk. And and basically, mm-hmm. I feel like Jesus has had me for years now on this weird adventure of a of a life. I guess I'd call it. it's it's been yeah, I would remarkable, crazy. Like it, yeah, it's just been way different and way broader and better than anything, but, but also much, much harder than anything I would have imagined. And so I don't know, sure. I just, I just would love to, it actually stemmed from a Facebook back when I, when I was on social media um, quite a bit, I posted this Facebook um, post where Instagram or Twitter or someone had randomly emailed me saying like, Hey, like all your friends are checking this out right now or something like that. And so I clicked on Mm -hmm. it and it was a picture of Justin Bieber topless. And and it was just like, I don't know. I was, I was like, really? So all my friends are looking at this right now. Like like, Twitter or Instagram or whoever it was clearly must not know my friends or Clearly, I, I must don't. not know my friends. So, <laughs> uh. And uh, and so, but so I posted this Facebook like saying that you know like clearly Instagram doesn't know who who my friends are or something. And how I said something like how um, how lame or something like that. I don't remember. And then and then uh, all, like within seconds, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, "Why would you put him down?" for, for what you don't think is cool just because you don't think it's cool. And I was like, Ooh, you know how sometimes you're like, Oh man. And so I went back quick and I changed it. And I I just said something from, I changed the lame to awesome. And then seconds later, (laughs) a friend of mine who works in that world posted and said, wow, that's so cool. I, I, I have, we have like mutual friends that hang out in the same groups. And I was just blown away. Like from one second, my post, she would have read this post and realized that I was mocking him. And then Mm -hmm. to, to like a Holy spirit, little tiny little miniature moment, changing a word. And she's like, Oh, this is so awesome. It's cool. That so, I don't know. I just felt like from that point on, man, I should, I should really be interceding and praying and asking God to do a mighty work in, in, in his life, you know, rather than the, how easy it is to, well, well now you're just life. making me feel bad now. Uh, now so just, can we give you person. props for Justin Bieber's salvation at this point? No, no, you can't. Cause I've never even met the dude. So <laughs> <laughs> I've had zero to do. He would, you could ask him who Chad is and he'd be like, who? <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Cinco, the- player oh yeah that yeah that's cool. that's what jay said. i was, I was like i was like jay we're, we're interviewing chad johnson and he's like ocho cinco yep. <laughs> i was like dang somebody's been busy high class this guy's got a grill so, uh, so how did you jump from tooth and nail to come and live yeah yeah that's a good it's a it is a fun fun little journey well i so i basically was living this double standard life at tooth and nail where i was nice 
sweethearted, kind, really loved the bands I was working with, really believed in them guy who was doing a fairly good job at the record company while also struggling through my addiction with pornography daily with marijuana Mm -hmm. with um myself you know and just being being my own worst enemy in thinking that i was someone special apart from the grace of god and so somebody gave me a copy of a book called don't waste your life by john piper and and i thought that was the dumbest thing anyone could ever you know have given me <laughs> i was like don't waste your life like you know like write this yeah. one off yeah. <laughs> check yeah, yeah. Like, totally not wasting my life um and of course i by you know just random i started reading the book and i was driving into the office one day and just had this this ep- epiphany of a god moment where i felt god asked me one question still small voice i've never audibly heard god still small voice but as loud as my heart's ever heard him why are you fighting me and and in in that moment i broke down i, I began sobbing on the interstate on the way into which i i'm not a crier um, unless it's it's extreme pain or extreme Holy Spirit. <laughs> and yeah. It's got to be one of those two things. Um, and so I just started weeping. And um, and in that moment, I just began confessing, you know, like, sorry, God, I've been fighting you. I, I don't know how to fix myself. I don't know how to fix my life. I know I'm living this crazy double life where my wife doesn't know, my job doesn't know, the bands don't know. And uh, and yet I'm like walking around with a smile and it was eating me up inside. Oh, yeah, that's exhausting. And so, yeah, dude, it is exo- when you're you're trying to be someone you're never meant to be. And mm. um, so through it all, I just realized that I, I had gotten really good at making entertainers and really, really horrible at making disciples. And so I just felt so like God began convicting me. Um, this was would have been around. Uh, it started the conversation with God started about 12 years ago. And then there was a period of about three years where I was kind of I was I was really growing with Jesus while at Tooth and & Nail. And so at that three-year mark, um, I was at another conference, ironically a Piper conference, where again I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in, in connection to what I was praying in Seattle and just said, hey, you're, you, you aren't making disciples. You were called to make disciples of artists and anybody else. Um, you're called to make your life all about Jesus, to stop worrying about money, because I was all all, you know, fixated on, on, man, how am I going to make this work or make that work? And, um, so yeah, man, through, through that, I just realized that I, um, I wanted to be sincere in my faith and I either wanted to give Jesus every ounce of who I was or, or remove everything from the table. And it was that, that all in, you know, kind of moment, like either Jesus, I'm going to put all, I'm sliding every card I have your way, or I'm taking them all and, and just, going to keep doing this thing and so yeah that's what happened and, and was uh, your family like because that's like because i imagine that's going from hey i have a job that pays the bills to like yeah okay honey i'm just gonna follow the holy spirit real quick and like with no money like yeah i've quit my job once before it didn't go over very well yeah, just, yeah and that, just, and yeah so, <laughs> that's amazing because we're all we married here so i'm right just there. imagining <laughs> that conversation oh yeah oh, well yeah. i did call my wife on a it was a friday morning and i why i said hey, honey i like today i'm spending this um but if you're not with me i'm not going to do it because we we were not in any kind of position i was making really good money at the record label but mm-hmm. i was a horrible steward of it mm-hmm. and um so i didn't have any kind of savings i had no emergency fund we had, we had just bought a new home in Nashville. I had uh, leased a second car. Like 
basically every ounce of money that I once had in the bank from selling a home was gone. And, um, and it was, I think it was the story that Jesus wanted because it would bring him greater glory than me being like, Oh, sure. you know, Hey, I, I, you know, I actually, I kind of had millions of dollars tucked away and right. so, <laughs> really so wasn't was no big deal. Yeah. Right. No big deal. So yeah, it was, it was, I committed career suicide mm-hmm. and didn't know it at the time. Um, because with not only did I, did I, um, forfeit, you know, like the, the financial component of family stability and all that stuff. I, I much later, it's almost like God dropped this wool or blanket or something over me where I just couldn't see out the way I normally would, but it was, it wasn't, but it was a hell, it was like a warm, like, you know, like when you're a little kid, you just want that comfort blanket. Yeah. Yeah. I just want my little like cozy or whatever you call it. And it was like, yeah, it's like I was one part foolish and and like one part impassioned. And yet the foolish part of me won out and I just couldn't see like, dude, this is career suicide. You will never be able to get this kind of a job back. Well, this is a did you like piss people a- off or something when you left or no, no, but I made it. I didn't I didn't piss them off, but I made it very clear that I had no interest in working in the conventional Christian music industry at any level. So okay. I was very, very direct. <laughs> well, and, and there you have it. Yeah. And, and there, there you have go. it. Well, that'll work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it, it, I made it, I just felt like the Lord told me to make it very clear that I wasn't looking for a raise or I wasn't looking for a mm-hmm. tweaking of the mm-hmm. situation, but, but it, it all came down to, I wanted to help artists and I wanted to see artists grow and I wasn't convinced that where I was was the best place to do that. And so it's been nine years of of struggling with the idea of what does it look like to help raise up artists to follow Jesus at, at the highest level that they can. Um, and, and I'm and I feel like it's been the it's the the one area that I've probably sucked at the most is the one area that God's called me into the most. Um, and yet, thankfully, it's not about me. What's, and, uh, what's it was that never, area? Is is actually making disciples of artists. I oh, feel like yeah. mm-hmm. Maria has really. So what does that uh, look like? Like like personal, um, like one on one discipleship, or like you have like a, like say I am a, Bieber. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that's not too far from the truth. But say, <laughs> I, say I'm an up and coming like Christian artist, and I come to you and I say, Hey, I want you to do what you do. Like, what does that look yeah. like? Well, it, it starts by me modeling a love for Jesus and a love for neighbors that's sincere. And, and so it means me stepping into authenticity beyond where I'm comfortable. And, and then it actually means uh, me saying, hey, dude, let's like, here's what God is teaching me rather than me saying, um, I need to go learn all like my strategy has basically been I'm going to go learn everything Jesus wants to teach me. And then once I have it all really dialed in and it looks really good and it's packaged well, then I'll come back and share it with you. That's good. So, yeah. you know, we'll rather have, than I'll write a book and have seminars. Exactly. Yeah. And like yeah, yeah. once it's all polished, then I'll include you in the story. But <sighs> Jesus seems to actually much prefer the, oh, I learned this little bit of truth today. And yet I 
messed up these 18 times today, but still mm-hmm. that little bit of truth is enough to encourage someone else. And, um, that, that's and very so true. that's a lesson I've only learned recently too, because I used to be super, maybe I took that like, um, I don't know what was it James, but like the responsibility of teachers or whatever. Yeah, and so I was real yeah. like, Hey man, don't listen to me. Like I'm yeah. real careful <laughs> about what I said, but then I realized like, that's, you know, what else do we have? But like each yeah. other mm-hmm. and like, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if it, even if you think about how many people listen to a podcast, so for bad Christian, you know, when we were on, on their podcast, Matt said that they had 40,000 listeners. So for all the for all the smack they give mega churches, they are their own mega church, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. In That's... the sense, from a listener perspective, they yeah, are sure, bigger man. than Joel Olstein's church, you know. So, um, but you oh know, even gosh, if you scale if you scale it back to our podcast, which maybe has a couple thousand listeners, if I was if you were to say, "Hey, Chad, come come um, come to our church this Sunday." and speak we've got 2000 people that are eager to hear from you i'd be like dude that that's, yeah, that's a, a lot of people yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm going to prepare and i'm going to do everything i can like man i'm going to be praying and fasting and like whatever i can because i, I don't want to screw it up and um and so in the same way you know it's like man this god's god is is giving us these platforms and here we are talking three three dudes just hanging out in their closets or in their basements or wherever <laughs> wherever <laughs> we are What's crazy uh, and, is when I even think about like the one, like I can trace back, like, for instance, I can trace my entire sobriety journey because of who I met to one moment outside of an AA meeting where you, Jay, you met him, Adam came outside and smoked mm-hmm. a cigarette and talked to me when I was still in treatment. And because of that, I moved into his Oxford house. I met my whole groomsmen. I met like, I that, would not be where I was like today without that yeah. one interchange. So it's like, wow, well, you know, I could say sometimes the same thing. for, yeah. forget the 40,000. It's like just yeah. one can. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah crazy dude, that's right. To think about what were you saying? And, and, oh, no, no, no. I have that. Yeah, I have go. that one person too. And I, I mean, me and my sponsor too have called, he has a, a moment, uh, but call him an AA angel. Right. And like somebody that I talked to that I never saw before and I never saw again. Right. But, but they just changed my life forever. Mm hmm. And I, when it comes to discipling bands, I think that an area where I've been guilty is that I, it's been, it's much, much easier to dream about the 40,000 person stage or platform Mm -hmm. than it is to dream about the one person stage or platform. But Jesus, you know, he talks about leaving 99 sheep to go after the one and there, you know, story after story after story in the Bible is Jesus or God going after, or both going after, um, a individual's heart and redeeming and restoring a individual, sometimes many, but usually it's a person that, that is the context or the character of a story. And so, um, so I think, I think I've missed it, man, a lot of times along the way. And yet, um, just realizing I'm a, I'm, I'm unfortunately a slow learner and yet hey. I do desire to learn. <laughs> You're on the that's right why podcast. I'm on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the Slow Learners Podcast. That's right. So, so but, uh, tell, yeah. tell our, we call them the congregation, but tell them. Um, nice. The yeah, church yeah, congregation. Yeah. I like that. Um, so y'all have, tell us like where they can find your stuff. You have a festival too, right? Am I making that? No, I used to. Once upon a time, uh, oh, okay. we I, I did a festival called Furnace. Or no, I didn't. Sorry. I, did, I just lied. Did I didn't do, do Furnace, Furnace Fest. Fest? 
No, wait, I did do Furnace that Fest. Was what am I jam, thinking? I was, I was like, wait, did you go to Furnace Fest? No, but I like you wanted to be there. The DVD in high school, like that. No it was way. like from uh, it was the year like the Locust were there. It was, I don't know, it was gnarly. It was yeah. I, that was like yeah, that's my, great. Yeah, so that that was my attempt to bring together Christian bands and non-Christian bands, and so we'd have hate hate breed and mm-hmm. strong arm oh, reunions awesome. and and uh, <laughs> in, in flames and living sacrifice and all kinds of crazy stuff but but um but yeah anyway i don't know i'm i can't even remember how that came up but um but there is i think throughout my life um god has historically used my failures as often if not more frequently than my successes to create the kind of story that that is actually believable um, because I don't think most people will listen to someone who is only touting success stories. I mean that that Dude. there Tony Robbins True. exists for a reason. So I was just it, gonna say never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we if we desire authenticity, you know, and, and others desire that, then we're gonna we're gonna wanna know like, man, what what about David? set him apart as a man after God's own heart. Was it just all the great stuff he wrote about God? No, of course it wasn't. It was all the the questions that he asked and all of the confusing mm-hmm. moments and the trials yeah. and the, the sin and the struggles. So, cool, yeah. Man. So, yeah, anyway, I can, people can find it. So, oh, yeah, that's where it all started yeah, with yeah, Furnace yeah, yeah. Fest. I was going to let second, you go. <laughs> you said Furnace Fest. I thought Hellfest. And I was like, I was like, no, I didn't nice. do Hellfest. Okay, yeah, it was Furnace Fest. But, um, um, no, people can find people can find us at comeandlive.com. That's that's sort of the community, the congregation. And go. then my own site is chatisliving.com. And um, and yeah, just uh, uh, Facebook and those those other places that I don't actually frequent very often. So <laughs> I need yeah. to frequent less. Well, dude, yeah, this, yeah. This, this has been awesome, dude. We'll have to um, yeah, we'll we'll have to get you on again, man. Maybe we'll just like we can go dive into some theology i just got to ask uh preston sprinkle all the random theology oh, wow. questions i've ever had it was great i love that guy that's amazing <laughs> well yeah i'm not much of a theologian but i re- i really do love jesus and uh, he's he's been my passion so i i that's totally awesome. appreciate you guys and i love by the way the way you guys challenged toby to do a benediction yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i could tell he was super uncomfortable and he then really he just killed it and, and i was like that's that's awesome. Awesome. It, man. That's awesome. it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. saying i uh that never happens or very rarely i should say um 
but that was the illest. Like I seriously came out of that feeling um, fuller or uh, more spiritually in tune than going into it, which is always incredible. Yeah, and he's one of those people like his compliments. I don't immediately think like, okay, you're you're full of shit or like you're blowing smoke. Like he just no genuine, genuine is the word that comes to mind. Or authentic, yeah, for authentic, sure. Authentic, yeah, that's good. He seems like a very authentic guy. Yeah, very and, cool. and we get, yeah, for sure, we get that uh, the opportunity to like look in these people's faces because we're on Skype, right? And our listeners don't, but trust me, this guy is the real McCoy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the real deal. For sure, and he saved just he got Justin Bieber saved, so that's always you that's know. true. Get we're having the Biebs on soon. After he he finishes his uh gospel pre- preaching album. tour, yeah, his gospel album and his preaching tour. That's right. I'm sure that's, that's right. Next. Him, he and uh, he and Lecrae are teaming up for a new single. Lecrae, Cray. Didn't that's the, right. Didn't, the, didn't the the Christian music industry like turn its back on Lecrae or something like that? Because he turned his back on them. I don't know. Maybe who, who cares? Knows? All them politics. Uh, you know what though I saw one of those like funny Christian memes uh, and it was this picture of this like old white dad and he's like I love that rapper LaCroix (laughs) 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 yeah that's good which made me think of LaCroix boy LaCroix you guys can look for in the show notes oh yeah yeah we we will do that I might yeah we'll do that Uh, I showed my (laughs) whole group of friends that the other day and they've they've fucking died laughing oh dude it's so, I, yeah, I, i'm so glad that's the that's my favorite thing you've showed me <laughs> uh yeah i sent that out to a bunch of people and then i spent me and my buddies from san diego spent like all day watching the rest of his videos and sending them back and forth to each other it's just fucking hilarious are his other ones good should we try to get them on the show there's some good ones there's some super good ones i'd love to talk to big dipper oh yeah we should I'm we'll on. reach out to him. I, I will. I will. That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, what's not awesome? What's going? This Charlottesville shit. Oh my lord! Yeah, I um, we took a sharp, sharp left turn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was there anything else on that? Yeah. So we yeah. go from Lacroix boy to racist hate, march, hate march, and and murder. Oh, did one, did, I think one person died when that car ran into a group of counter protesters. Did they die? I think one person died. I don't hold me to that, but a bunch of people got injured, and I think one person died. Oh yeah, one dead, nineteen injured. Holy shit! Yeah. So just to paint the picture, I don't know anybody. Well, I know we have some international listeners, so me, you guys may may not know, but Char- Charlottesville, Virginia, the University of Virginia is there, right? Last Friday night, a bunch of um, let's not uh, let's call them what they call themselves. Yeah, uh, alt right. Um, I thought they called themselves white nationalists, isn't? Some of them do. Okay, well, alt right then is the their alt right and or white nationalists um, went on a march with tiki torches. From Lowe's last night. <laughs> which which is in no way meant to be symbolic, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, what With though? tiki torches through Charlottesville, Virginia, which is below the Mason-Dixon line and has, I mean, all of the South. 
has a strong history of lynching and racism and the Klan and all that. So yeah. they did that in preparation. They said they went on this march last night because they knew they were going to have a um, – it it's called like Keep the Right Together or something march today in one of the um, – some of the like uh, super prominent alt-right folks um, put it together. So there was, there were for sure a lot of white nationalists. I saw pictures of clan members and like in robes and like yada, 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 all that shit. Um, there was a march and it got heated. People got pepper sprayed on counter protesters and pro and the marchers and people got in fights and like what you would expect. So the mayor, um, the governor, the mayor and the governor both called for a state of emergency. Oh, there's a quote I'm reading now from, from the governor. Virginia governor, two white nationalists. Go home. Shame on you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, people. So, so yeah. So, that went down. And then, um, I think right about noon, they called it an unlawful... Um, demonstration and broke it up Oh, right about noon. And two Virginia State Patrol troopers died in a helicopter crash while, quote, assisting public safety resources with the ongoing situation in Charlottesville. So they're, bl- they're blaming, yeah, they're blaming three deaths on, on this, which that's I guess crazy. that's very true. That's nuts, man. Yeah. Like, and you know, and well, I don't know if I even want to talk about that, but. Um, so yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's like, I've seen quotes like, um, in 2017, uh, you know, Klansmen don't have to wear hoods anymore, you know? And, and, um, it's just crazy where we've come, like where we've come, you know, where we are. It's all well, like it's, it's, it's almost like more like where we are, like where we never left, I guess. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. I think we put this like fake, we paint, we literally painted over um, institutionalized racism uh, in, in the paints peeling off, right? Like it's still there. Wow. We just tried to make, we, we made it culturally inappropriate to say the N word. And we thought that, they were, that we were then post-racial and well, it's just not true. Well, I feel like it might be too that, and I guess I'm only pooling from my personal experience and yours but mm-hmm. most of the people our age that i encounter like aren't but i guess there's we're we are assuming some older gender i mean not everybody our age obviously but it seems like more so people in our age and below aren't so much I think it's gotten, I think it, I think it has gotten better with each generation, even since the sixties. Um, but like, I still even remember my dad making like, not like full on racial, but like making fun of stereotypes and like oh, yeah. that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so I think it's gotten better and better. Um, but even with me, there are some things like, Growing up in the South, I had to work really hard to shed um, 
some just deep seated feelings. Like it's hard for me not like I'm not scared when I'm around a huge white guy. But sometimes if I'm at a store and there's like a huge black man behind me, like my heart starts to beat a little bit faster. And and I really think that that is just because it's deeply ingrained in, in the Southern society specifically. Um, well, I was I was telling it's funny. Uh, I was talking on the other pad- podcast I was on today. And so I got PTSD after I got I got robbed at gunpoint by four black guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And after that. I became like very racist, I would say. And yeah. Like super afraid and it, and mm-hmm. angry. So like it really, mm-hmm. really, really fucked me up. And what cured me of that, ironically, was when I got locked up. And so like I was confronted with like my quote, like biggest fear or whatever. And then like, you know, became friends with. Right. And it just kind of erased that. Yeah. Stress. I was. I remember, um, I mean, in high school, we used to, I cannot believe the jokes that we used to tell in high school, specifically around uh, homosexual jokes, right? It's just like crazy. Um, And I didn't know how homophobic I was until my roommate in treatment was this gay guy, um, Keith, awesome, uh, awesome dude. But he completely shattered all of the stereotypes that I had around uh, homosexuals, right? He was this huge, big, burly man who, like, worked on Mustangs and had a construction company, um, but loved dudes, you know? So it, it, it's been a trip getting out into the real world and kind of seeing and meeting people. Um, but, yeah, I, I really – back to the point is, like, yeah, I think that – our speech has gotten a lot better over the generations and our mindset and stuff, but there are just things that are like deeply ingrained in our society, specifically in the South that I don't know if they have gotten better. Right. Come snuggle, babe. Right, man. Well, and bring that water juice. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk more about this. Let's do that. Let's talk about Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's get on out here for now. All right, home skillet. it.
LaCroix boy. You know they got those skinny cans too. What I need, sweet potion indeed. Uh, La Croix boy. 